I'm life and business coach, Samantha Sifring, and this is the Online Business Building Mamas podcast, where you learn how to build a wildly successful business from home while raising kids. Hello, everyone. I am here with my client and friend, Erica Hanlon. We're going to be talking about the nervous system. Yay. Hello, Erica. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourself for people who don't know you? Yes. And I'm out of breath. I'm either having a nervous system response or I'm just out of shape from running up the stairs. So I'm Erica Hanlon. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I have my master's degree in counseling psychology and I'm a certified coach and I am um, a general life coach, but I tend to specialize in helping people who have very kind of type A personalities, who have very high expectations and I help them hit their goals, whatever those are. I love this. Also, when you just said like, I'm a certified coach, you sounded like so confident and professional. I was like, maybe I should say that. (laughs) Does it sound very official? It really does. I was like amazed and awed. So well done. (laughs) Okay. I first want to just like start maybe in the shallow end of this topic of the nervous system. I think like everyone's probably hearing about this right now. It feels like it's like bubbling up maybe as this trendy topic. People are talking about trauma responses. Everything is a trauma response according to Instagram memes. Mm -hmm. So I think there's just like a lot to unpack here. And I think we should just start off with like a little intro whatever you feel like sharing just to like introduce people to this topic and why it's coming up in your opinion. Okay. So yeah, it's super hot and trendy right now, which I think is great because I do think that the nervous system is sort of the foundation of everything. But I mean, if we're just going to do maybe just some quick terminology, what we're talking about today with stress responses and trauma responses is referred to as the autonomic nervous system. Some people refer to the central nervous system, but that's actually a completely different system. So that would be like using the word arm when you're trying to talk about legs. So we're talking about the autonomic nervous system. And really today we're gonna, I think, mostly talk about what? Like trauma, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Mm -hmm. And probably how that's showing up in people's businesses. Yes. Okay. And something that I wanted to add to this is that Something can be a trauma response or just a regular human response to stress. Yeah. And it could look exactly the same. It's not always trauma. Yeah. And there's a big difference between like big T trauma, which is like shock trauma, right? Like you witnessed something really horrible or there was like a big crime or something like that, right? So Mm -hmm. combat vets. That would be like shock trauma, big T trauma, but almost everybody, I think at some point or another has experienced some kind of trauma, like lowercase T trauma. So maybe that's like childhood developmental trauma, or it could just be stress, like chronic stress in your body. That's never been fully processed and then just gets stored in your cells. And that can qualify as trauma. Yeah. In my program that I was just doing, they were talking about anything that's like too fast, too much, too soon. And what came up for me immediately hearing that description was 
this can happen in people's businesses too. I see it with my clients who grow really fast and it really like challenges what they think of themselves. If that is not processed through, that could also be in this category, which yeah, seems I mean, weird. Yeah, <laughs> you think making weird. lots of money really fast would be the best? Yeah. No, it can no. be very challenging. Feels terrible. And like when I first heard like success intolerance, I was like, oh, that's cute. But mm-hmm. then I went from, let's see, I had a $500 month and then I had a $10,000 month. It was my first five figure month. And that's when you and I started working together. And that's basically all you coached me on for like four months. Yeah. Processing and like normalizing that is so important. So, okay. Thank you. This is like random, but do you have any thoughts on why this is coming up right now? Why is this popular? Mm. So I think that there's, you know, so it's been, there's been a heavy emphasis on thought work. Mm -hmm. I think thought work is really great. And my guess is that people were starting to recognize that there was more or they were feeling stuck in thought work. Yeah. I think that, you know, before a lot of times our thoughts are a reflection of what our nervous system state is. And so. Mm -hmm it's important to just sort of recognize that. So I wonder if it was just people starting to see that there were maybe some limitations with only doing thought work. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think like that makes total sense to me. And I also feel like part of this is like, and we can maybe transition into this idea of the window of tolerance because I think with thought work, something I notice as a coach is that the same thing, impact different clients in different ways. So it's like the same circumstance, stimulus, whatever, multiple different clients receive that in very drastically different ways. And I think that that shows like how much more nuance maybe is there than just like, oh, your thoughts, you know, like slap on this thought and you're good to go. Yeah. And I think that's, an important distinction to make is that trauma doesn't live in the experience or the circumstance or the event. It always lives in your nervous system. And so different nervous systems based on, you know, how you were brought up and your family and your background and your own personal trauma history is going to make it really different the way that you respond to the same event. Yeah. I know that that is something that has been surprising to me. So let's talk about this idea of the window of tolerance. Do you want to talk about what that is? Yes. So the window of tolerance, and I I refer to this sometimes as like the comfort zone and the growth zone. Mm -hmm. I'm a really visual person. And so if anybody follows me on Instagram, I sometimes have a visual of this with the circles. So your comfort zone is where you feel really safe and comfortable. And then your growth zone is where maybe there are some challenges and you're trying on new things and there's creativity and new learnings happening. But if you have too much of that and there's too much stimulus or that you're trying to make too big of a leap, then you're going to experience probably a pretty big nervous system response where you're experiencing like fight or flight. And I think if you're having too little challenge, then you could be Understimulated and be in a freeze response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Let's talk about what that looks like in business. Yeah. So what's the freeze response looking like in business? Would you say this is somebody who like the, like, I know what to do, but I'm not like actually taking action or like I keep buying courses, but then I do nothing with them. Yeah. And so this can sometimes be called functional freeze which is like, you're a functioning adult. It's not like you're frozen like a statue, (laughs) but you're frozen in that maybe you're just, yeah, you're not taking action. It could even be when you go to make a post and you have the thought, I don't know what to say. It could be just really outsourcing your own wisdom where you, you know, where, yeah, you go buy a course. What, give me the how to's. I think looking for how's is a big symptom of being in a freeze response. Yeah. I think part of that is like when you're looking for hows, when you're in that functional freeze response, you're looking for the thing that's for sure going to work Yeah, because it, it would feel like unsafe, too risky to try something that might not work. And at the beginning of our business, you have to try things that might not work like any time in your business, of course, but at the beginning, especially, I think it's so experimental. Like the road really is just like fail a bunch until you find the things that work. And that can be very challenging for the nervous system. Yeah. Especially if you are, you consider yourself like a high achiever. Mm -hmm. And so then failure doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel familiar if you're just always used to being successful, being like a straight A student, all of those things and doing well. So then let's shift into talking about this growth zone, which is like where some of this work happens, where I think all the best coaching happens, right? In this growth zone area. What do you you want me to say something about that? (laughs) I'm, I'm like leading you in to be like, tell us more about the growth zone. <laughs> so, I mean, the growth zone is going to look different for everybody, right? And the other thing about this window of tolerance in these different zones is that they're dynamic. Because as you are working through these things and honoring like where you're at and listening to yourself, but you're sort of leaning into your own edges of your growth, those, your capacity grows that window of tolerance grows and so I think that growth zone is like this feels challenging but I can do it and it's not just overwhelming you yes so I have noticed a lot that people will say things to me like I don't know how you do it or I don't know how you handle like whatever situation that comes with having a bigger business and a bigger audience and that kind of thing. And this is why, because the whole process of growing my business has been growing my window of tolerance. So when I first started out, the window of tolerance was so tiny, like that growth zone was like barely away from the comfort zone. And over years of growing this business, over years of really challenging myself to stay in the growth zone, it's gotten bigger and bigger. So now like the amount of that kind of stimulus that I can handle healthily is more than it used to be. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what it is. You have to sort of find your edge and then be able to lean into that without doing too much. And I mean, one of the places I, I see people maybe pushing things too fast, too soon is with their pricing maybe, mm-hmm. is if they're trying to use their price as a way to prove something about themselves as a business owner. Yes, I definitely agree. I see that too. I think a lot of times people hook on to this idea of like what it will mean if their price is a certain level or amount. And they think about like other people who charge that and they really wrap up their identity and how much they charge when it's not related at all. It doesn't mean anything. It's like a very arbitrary detail about your business that has nothing to do with your identity. But I think sometimes people are so eager to be at that identity that they think comes with that higher price that they make that push or that leap to that higher price. And it is outside of that window of tolerance or that growth zone. And it's gone beyond into this place where it really does spin them out and they have, you know, a response to that that's not useful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what ends up happening when you're doing that is that really you're putting the responsibility onto your audience and your potential clients to heal some kind of wound for you, Mm -hmm. that you're making your goals from a wounded place as opposed to some like abundant place. Yeah. And I think that this is like so natural to do. And I like, I always try to point this out anytime I'm pointing out, Hey, here's this dysfunctional thing that you're doing to also be like, here's the really logical reason why, or here's why this is just really normal. I think that this is just what humans do. And I even find myself doing this too. I caught myself in this thing the other day where I was like, I am in my, in this area of my business, living out a dynamic from high school and this is how it's showing up for me and this is why things aren't working the way that I want them to in this situation and all that to say like you don't hit a point where you're like I've fully evolved past any of my past experiences and they never come up for me again they will this stuff will happen and most of the time you'll catch it when you're already doing it and already facing the results that you wish you were not having from it. And compassion is just so important in that process. Yes. I was just getting coached this morning on desire and feeling safe to want something. And what is it that I really want to create with my business outside of any sort of metric of success that's really just arbitrary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I think I think that that's like a really important thing for everybody to think about, like what's the thing that you actually want? Because it can be really easy. I think especially for coaches, like getting sucked into the like, this is the next milestone or this is the next step. And it's just made up, like it's all made up. Yeah, it's all made up. And if you're running into resistance somewhere, in your business, it's usually due to one of two things. Either you don't, you really just don't want to do that thing 
Like mm-hmm. I was coaching somebody who had a coaching business and we realized she didn't like coaching. She didn't want to, she didn't want to coach. Yeah. So maybe you just really don't want to do that thing, which that's okay. Or the other source of resistance is fear. There's some kind of fear coming up. You're having some kind of like safety trigger that's triggering your nervous system. That's making you not want to take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that this point about safety is such a good one. I've been thinking about it so much because so much of the work that I do with clients in Simple Scaling Mastermind is this like creative, visionary, like solution, problem solving, like doing things that have never been done before, trailblazer type stuff. And you can't access that side of yourself unless you're feeling safe. Like mm-hmm. you in a fear response is not going to be a creative problem solver or an innovative CEO with a big vision. You in a fear response is going to be in a self-protective mode where you're not going to want to change. You're not going to want to risk. You're not going to want to do anything differently than how you've been doing it. So that finding that place of safety is so important. It's so important. And I think something that was pointed out to me a few months ago that I think is really interesting is that just because you want something doesn't mean that you feel safe to have it. So there's a Mm -hmm. difference between desire and consent. So it's not going to be a full-bodied yes until you feel safe to do it and safe to have it. And for a lot of us, we grew up, you know, in households where we just had to play small, which is really just, that's that freeze response where it's like, you know, I did something wrong. So then there's something wrong with me. I'd better change. And so if we're coming out of a freeze, we're, a lot of us will default to fun. Like, what do people want to see? What do people want to hear? And then we're shape-shifting in order to try to create a successful business, but it just takes us further away from the kind of business maybe that we actually want. Yeah. And I have been thinking about this, the fawn response in particular, because I think it really shows up in coaching. And I think that like, when I think about the fawn response, I totally think about masterminds I've been in and how I've witnessed it or clients I've coached and how I've witnessed it. And I think that I'm fairly attuned to picking it up when a client is in that response and they're just saying the thing that they think I want to hear and calling that out and redirecting. But I have really been thinking even more about how do I structure the mastermind in a way that gives them lots of avenues for exploring themselves outside of a situation that might trigger that fun response. Yeah. What have you come up with? (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the major things was having the one-on-one calls every single week instead of a group coaching call every single week. So that this is like a private safe space with a coach that they have chosen from a selection of coaches and have built trust with. So having this space that Like they don't have me who might be perceived as an authority figure. That's just kind of the power dynamics of a coaching relationship, unfortunately. So 
being outside of the room with me in this private room with someone who feels like a safer space. I really want that room to be the place where they can explore, like, who are you really? What do you really want? And like, hear their own voice louder so that when they do come to me in our workshops, in our live events, in our Slack channel, that they know their own voice, know their own responses that much more. And then we can have more of a like collaborative relationship together as equals versus like, I'm the authority dictating to you and you obey me. Yeah. Because that, then you're just reenacting old patterns. Yeah. Yeah. And I've even seen it with myself. Like this is for sure my default. I think it's everyone's default. Like whatever your old pattern is with authority, you will live it out with your coach. Yeah. And I think that's why, especially if, you know, there are people on here who are coaches who are listening, why it's so important that you're doing this work on yourself because your clients will bring this to the table. Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to regulate your own nervous system and be so that you can hold space for them when they're dysregulated. Yes. So let's talk about regulating your own nervous system, because I know that you have opinions about techniques that people talk about, like breathing. Yes. So let's talk about that. Okay. So really, I mean, a lot of us are given how to's, right? Like you need to shake, you need to take deep breaths. And I'll be honest, I'll own that I've given that advice to people before, but what I've learned is that those things can actually activate your nervous system even more. So for example, anytime anybody has ever tried to hypnotize me or do breath work with me, you will see Mm -hmm. me panic. I will, it full on pushes me into a panic mode. So if you're really regulating, you have to know what works for you. And that might look like trying some different things on, but generally speaking for most people, it looks like understanding what's going on first, just having the awareness and having compassion about it. If you're like being judgy about yourself, you're just, you're just making it worse. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do <laughs> Stop that. judging. Yes. Just be kind to yourself. And then if you can, you know, do some grounding, some orienting, bringing yourself into the moment, you're not trying to change anything. You're just maybe noticing the ground underneath you or your chair, or just looking around you and just, what do you notice? And so you're just bringing yourself back into the moment and noticing your own, your own senses and dropping sort of back into your body. And then you can let yourself feel all the feelings and whatever those feel like um, and doing sort of that tough work. But it's also okay to have resources you know, external resources, like I think of children, right, with their teddy bears or their blankies or whatever. Or adults with their blankies. Or adults like with blankies. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we all sort of have our our external resources too. You just want to make sure that you're using those resources in a way that where you're not using it to avoid the feeling, but as a way to just sort of support you. Mm-hmm and help create safety while you're feeling the feeling. Yeah. I think also too, in those moments where you are using the resource to avoid the feeling, having compassion for that too. 
Yeah. I think sometimes, sometimes it's just like too intense and you just know, like, I'm just like consciously choosing that I'm having this glass of wine or I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV or whatever it is. And I think just awareness around that and like non-judgment for it because we are humans like this just this is part of how our body works and there's not like morality around like I always feel my feelings without trying to escape them like sometimes you just escape and it's fine it's fine it's okay (laughs) you don't always have to feel your way through everything and this is part of that kind of building the capacity to feel what, and building that sort of window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if your window is like cracked or painted <laughs> shut, maybe you just need to like, yeah, go have a glass of wine or eat a cookie or scroll social media or whatever until you feel calmer. And then you can tap into that. Yeah. I think for me, like so much of the time when I have that real like intense feeling, just like changing my clothes into the most comfortable clothes that I own, like the baggiest sweats and like having a messy bun, grabbing my blankie that I mentioned earlier, going to the couch, piling on additional blankets and watching TV and like maybe even like eating or drinking something very comforting. That is like my go-to. Like if I'm in a launch, you know, I'm doing that at least once. If I'm like doing something scary in my business, you know, I'm doing that at least once. Like that's just like part of my routine. Cause it's like, this is like one of the ways that I care for myself. And I think what you said earlier about the grounding and orienting is like part of the magic of this routine for me, because it's not going inward. Mm. And I think a lot of times, like when we are like really activated going inward, like you said, with the breath work or thought work or meditation, those types of things can just make it worse. And I think in the coaching industry, there is kind of this like thought of like, well, I should just like sit and do the thought work and just like push through. And sometimes the best thing that you can do that's really going to serve you is stepping away and like completely getting out of your mind and out of your body and like observing things outside of you. Yeah. Yeah. You really need to listen to your impulses. Like Mm -hmm. what is coming up for you when somebody makes a suggestion? So like if somebody wants me to do an activity like a coach wants me to do something body-wise and they are asking me to lay on the ground or close my eyes on camera, that's just a no for me. I don't want you looking at me while I'm laying on the ground or laying on my bed or even yeah. looking at me when my eye is closed. That just mm-hmm. feels very unsafe for me. And that's just yeah. a no. I have one coach that that's an okay thing for me with. And then like no one else. It's like, we have built like the trust and safety in that relationship where I will close my eyes on camera. But like, I still, with that coach, I would not get up and dance or anything else like that. No, (laughs) no. In my trauma program, like on our calls, we, this is such a terrible confession. On our calls, we had to do so much physical stuff. 
And on the first call, like, I was like, I'm just turning off the camera while I'm doing this physical stuff. Like I'll do it, but like, I'm turning off the camera. I will not be witnessed. (laughs) And then I never went to a call again. I was like, I'll watch the replays, but I will not do this again. (laughs) I completed my work. I completed the reason that I signed up for that program. But yeah, I was like, no on-camera physicality for me. <laughs> I do appreciate that in the mastermind, you there's no dancing involved. No public Some people dancing. really, really want me to have like dance parties and stuff too. And like, I do enjoy dancing. I do enjoy music, but in a certain context and a business meeting for me is not that context. No. So my clients are always welcome to dance party together in someone's hotel room or something like that at our live events, but I will not facilitate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So I'm like the coach for the non movers and shakers, I guess. Movers and shakers. <laughs> <laughs> but you said something that was really important, which is about like, here's the thing. If you're growing a business, you're probably spending a lot of time feeling really uncomfortable in your growth zone. You're not meant to stay there all the time. You're going to burn yourself out if you're constantly feeling like you have to be growing and learning and doing and da, 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 da. You need to ebb and flow back into your comfort zone and back, back and forth mm-hmm. between the two. You have to rest and recuperate. Yeah. And I think that maybe this is the thing that a lot of people don't understand as they're growing a business, but that is so important. And that is so valuable. And it's not all about like always doubling or quadrupling or whatever, every single year. Like I quadrupled for the first couple years and now like I'm growing each year, but it's at not a quadruple pace. I don't know what the percentage of growth is year to year, like 20 or 30, I would guess. But it's so much more comfortable for me. And there's still like smaller areas where I'm for sure in the growth zone. But like overall in the business, the business is in a comfortable place. And then there's like areas of the business where I'm on that edge of growth versus like the entire experience of it is on the growth edge, which is how it was for those first couple years. Yeah. And if you, if that is your goal, great. But why is that your goal? And do you like those reasons? Because if the why of the goal is, well, so I can prove to myself that I can do it. That to me is a signal that maybe we're coming from a wounded place versus I want to explore what's possible for me. And that feels more expansive. Because if anytime you're making a goal or you're showing up in your business from a place of not enoughness, you're going to create more of that. It's always just going to be more scarcity that you're going to create. And it's going to interfere with your ability to connect with your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like so much of this nervous system stuff impacts how we show up with our audience. And in turn, then impacts how the business is doing because showing up to your audience is how you grow your business. So I think these like fight, flight, fawn, freeze responses are also ways that we can show up or not show up to our audience. What do you think about that? 
Yeah. So there's, okay. I'm going to like geek out on you here for a second. We're yes. super sciencey science. So there's this thing called neuroception, which is basically just your nervous system. It's like very unconscious and it is constantly scanning for threats. And here's the thing. If you are, if you lack confidence in your offer, if you lack confidence that people want it, if you lack confidence in yourself and your own self-worth, that's going to come across in the way that you show up. And your nervous system is basically going to be talking to other people's nervous systems and your lack of safety. Cause I just really think of confidence as being safety. Yeah. If you lack confidence, you just are lacking safety. So if you are showing up without that confidence, you're signaling danger to your audience and they're going to pick up on that subconsciously or unconsciously. And I think a lot of times that will look like, you know, either people not scheduling calls with you or they get on the call with you and maybe they say yes. And then they ghost because they're picking up that you need them to take care of your confidence. And so maybe they go into fun. So yeah, our nervous systems are always sort of just speaking to each other, which is why I think really successful business owners always seem so magnetic is because they've done this work a lot of times and they feel confident in their offer. They feel confident that people want it. Mm -hmm. And I think like confident in themselves. Mm -hmm. Like just like safe with yourself. Yeah. 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 So good. I feel like I had like another thing to say around that. Oh, I think I was thinking more about like what these different responses can even look like in the way that we show up online. Like if we're in like a freeze response, then we just aren't showing up. We just like do nothing. And if we're in like a fight response, then we are maybe arguing with our people or like have a like antagonistic, like you don't like me. Well, I don't like you like yelling at audience. Like, I think it can like impact the way that we show up. Yeah. I think it makes a huge difference in how we're showing up. Fawn is like, what do people want to hear and people pleasing your audience? I think freeze can also look like really toning down your message. This is mm. where you just, you show up boring. Yeah. Better term. Oh, I think you're totally right. And then maybe flight is we just didn't show up at all. Right. We just yeah. left. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that this is probably like making a lot of people have some ahas around like how they show up and why they might show up that way. I think sometimes it can feel, I know because this was me, it can feel really hard to hear. Like the way that you're showing up is not good. Like it's boring or it, it doesn't really feel true to you. And that can be really difficult to hear, but I think hopefully this is like giving some insight into why that it's not just that you're a terrible marketer, you're not good at business, you can't do this. It is you are having a response to not feeling safe yes. and that's the work. Yes. Cause you can only show up as a authentically, wait, how am I, how do I want to say this? I don't know. This is gonna make sense. <laughs> We're going to find out. We're just going to say it. Um, it's like, you can only be as authentic 
as you feel safe to be in that moment. Does that make sense? So yes. like I can be a hot mess with my husband because I trust that he loves me no matter what. There is safety in that relationship. So I can like say whatever, I can do whatever, I can look however. But you put me in a room with a bunch of other parents from like then like a birthday kid's birthday party. Oh my oh, god. No. No. Uh, no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> We're both like no. That is not a safe environment for me. I am going to be like in the corner on my phone, like emanating, do not come talk to me. Or if I am in a conversation with somebody, I'm going to be real. I'm just be ready. I'm just going to be really awkward. It's going to be strange. It's it's going to be weird and not in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this like safety thing I think people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, how do I do that? I'm excited. I have a hack. Tell us the hack. Okay. So this is my hack. Um, I think I just choose to believe that everybody in my audience loves me and not like in a narcissistic way, but I I just think that they're, if they're there, if they're consuming my content, if they're on my email list, if they are following me on Instagram or wherever, they're there because they chose to be. And why would they choose to be if it's not because they love me? And okay, maybe there are some hate followers in there, whatever. I don't care. I don't think about them, but I'm like, you're here because you want to be, and you're here, you're, you want to be here because you like me. Yeah. And so it's so much just, it's, it's actually way easier for me to show up authentically online in my marketing than it is face-to-face. Yeah. I think so too. Why do we think this is? I think, <laughs> I think that I, my, I mean, I grew up in a home where, I mean, both of my parents are pastors. So I felt very much under a spotlight mm-hmm. and I am just highly attuned to what other people, what's going on with them emotionally at all times. And so I'm always gauging whether or not, like if somebody does like something with their face, I'll be like, oh God, I said the wrong thing. <laughs> I love it. Oh no, that was terrible. I wish I could take it back. And it makes me want to run away. But online, I don't see anybody's faces. So I'm like, they all love it. I can just like, it's so much easier for me to decide and project yeah. it out there. I think that this, I totally feel the same way. And I think that this could be completely different for other people. Like I could see people feeling completely like the flip side, the opposite, like not having that feedback from people makes them think the worst. So I think that this is like a really good hack. The thing that I think is like all of these people have like already accepted me. Like I'm not like working to be accepted by them. They just like already accepted me or they wouldn't be here. And that I find really comforting. And yeah, people in person, I totally feel the same as you on that. Like, I feel like I can really read people's like emotions and stuff. And when I'm coaching, it's totally different. Cause then I can just be like, what was that? Yeah. But when it's a social situation, it's like, oh no, they hate me. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like not good in social environments anymore. I met this woman and, and I was like, what do you do for a living? And she like made a face. And I was like, what was that? <laughs> oh no. Like, what was that face? <laughs> she hired me like the next day. So good. 
you never know. Sometimes being awkward in person also works. Maybe it does. Now I feel like, how did we ever even like hit it off? Because our first like really encounter was meeting in person. Yeah. We were both really awkward probably. And then we were just like, here's another awkward person I can latch on to. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. What else? What have we not talked about? Hmm. So, I mean, I do think it's just, I think it's completely normal that if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to find yourself in like this reactive state and it's okay. You're just going to spend a lot of time there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think having this like arsenal of tools to use when you're in that situation is so important. I think not judging yourself, no matter what tool you are using to calm yourself is important. And something I think that I have noticed too, that is helpful is like understanding as a business owner, the people you interact with that might trigger you into a nervous system response are also in their own. Yeah. Okay. So this makes me think of comparison, right? Yes. Um, so comparison is totally normal because comparison is just how we understand where we fit in the world. It helps us just make sense of ourselves and our existence and all of that. But for a lot of us, if we're just left on autopilot, comparison turns into competition, which is where are they versus where am I and who's behind and who's ahead and then what you make that mean. And then that is gonna generate this fight or flight, Mm -hmm. which then usually turns into what that looks like is judgment. Mm -hmm. I can't believe people are hiring them. I can't believe I'm blah, blah, blah. So, and then you're just like feeding into this nervous system response um, and you get trapped there versus, you know, when you notice that you're having this comparison or this judgment, you can just step back you can just be curious and learn the lessons. And then if you're just still triggered, then you just need to avoid that thing. Yes. (laughs) I agree. And I think that this is something that I see so much in masterminds, like business masterminds, because it is so natural to compare and you know others like on a fairly intimate level. So like you're aware of what is hot mess about them. You're also aware of their successes and you naturally will look at how you measure up. And I think that that's just something to pay attention to, like pay attention to when you're in those rooms. I think there's so much value in them, period. But I think that this also can be like a valuable experience to really work through the things that other people trigger in you. Yeah. What are the things that come up into your awareness that then you realize like the, the realization I recently had in my business of like the pattern that I was playing out, I got the awareness of it because of a way that I was comparing myself. Hmm. And then I realized, and I just did a reel about it today, just talking about how when we're comparing, we're looking for 
what do they have that I don't have? Like when it's like business to business, like, okay, they're making this much, I'm making this much. What do they have that I don't have? What are they doing that I'm not doing? And what your brain is going to do on default is fill in the blanks with your insecurities. Yeah. I saw that reel. It was really good. Thank you. You're welcome. So being around others, like, yes, it can trigger these responses. Sometimes you need to remove yourself. A lot of times it can be this light shining on here's my work and it can help you find that work faster. Yes. And I think a lot of times it is pointing you towards what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Everything I'm jealous of with other people, it's just all stuff I want (laughs) and think that I can't have. Because if it's like, I want that and I know I'm going to have it, then it's like, I would enjoy seeing someone else have that experience because it would be like helping me tap into my vision even more and like helping me pre-enjoy. Like if I am going on vacation somewhere next month and I see somebody there this month, it's like, ooh, like I get to like preview and like see how great it is. But if I don't think that I'll get to go there ever, then I will hate them and be jealous. <laughs> and I also think it's okay that if you've learned all the lessons there and you're still feeling really triggered, that maybe sometimes you just need to avoid that thing for a little bit until you mm-hmm. do some of that work. So like I have clients that I tell to unfollow me because yeah. they're looking at my content and they're like, you just da da and I have da da da. I like, no, you have your own genius. If following me or other coaches or whatever is just your brain is always making that mean, look at all the ideas they have. I'll never have ideas like that. And you're staying there and you're getting stuck there. Sometimes you just need to remove that stimulus until you're able to do some of that work. Yeah, absolutely. The unfollow, the mute, all of these buttons are there for a reason. Use them. Your nervous system wants you to use them. Yeah, your nervous system really does. My nervous system loves when I use them. <laughs> For block, because here's the other thing, yes. if you're, you know, visibility wise, I just had a real go viral a couple of weeks ago. So I had my very first haters, which was mm. hilarious because that day, same day I was coaching somebody and I was like, in two years, I've never had a hater. And, and then, then you got a hater. And then that night it was like, it was crazy. And so the more people you get in front of, the just the more people you're going to get in front of who are not your people. And that's okay. You can just block and release. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so true. Perfect. Where can people find you if they want to know more about you? Oh, okay. So I'm on Instagram at Erica Hanlon coaching. So fun. It's a fun place to hang out. And I have a website, ericahanlon.com. I'm like, those are the main ones. That's it. I love it. Perfect. Yeah. And then everybody who wants to do this kind of work with me, and if you liked what I said about the mastermind, it's enrolling now. And you can find all that info at samanthasiffring.com slash mastermind. If you like this podcast, I want to invite you to coach with me over in my program, Mama to CEO. There's you, and there's the consistent income you want to make in your business. And I help you remove everything standing in between. It's lifetime access for mastering your marketing, sales, time, and everything else you need to have the business and life you really want. Whether it's making your first thousand or a hundred thousand, 
I can help you do it. To join, go to mamatoceo.com, M-A-M-A-T-O-C-E-O.com.